Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market from Collector's Corner, your weekly generative art download. We cover everything you need to know in the gen art space, 30 minutes, and we have a newsletter, as you're seeing on the screen here. Check out our newsletter. That's five minutes. We put extra stories in there that we cannot fit into the episode. Check it out. People are really enjoying it. It's growing like crazy, and it helps you stay up to speed directly to your inbox. So you won't get distracted on Discord if you're trying to keep up with everything. Other super quick house cleaning things. This is a video episode. Check it out on YouTube. We'll have it on our podcast too, but we're showing off beautiful art. So it's worth taking a look on YouTube when you have a chance. We'll also have a Twitter thread out on this. Keep a lookout for that. Mention the newsletter. And if you enjoy this and want to support us, please subscribe and, and like this and follow. Uh, sorry. The last thing I wanted to mention is that there will be timestamps in this. So Check, take a look in YouTube, click on the descriptions, open it up, jump to the various places that you might want to read about, learn about, hear about. Okay, all of that out of the way. My name is P. You may know me online as at Aston Cloud. I'm joined by my fantastic co-host and friend, Jared, who you may know online as at Jared underscore pause. And he is also the purveyor of the 8NAP Digital Asset Fund. I'm going to show really quickly our Twitter profile right here. People have been asking at collectors underscore XYZ. And this is Jared's profile. Jared, how are you today? I'm living the dream as always. It's been a, a little bit more of a bumpy week, but overall, man, I'm I'm doing really good. I've gotten some good rest and I'm ready to, to approach the rest of the week with a, a lot of tenacity. Likewise, me too. We got a big week coming up here. We got a Twitter space is coming up in a couple hours after this. So It'll be it'll be a hustle to get our episode out across the newsletter and all of our other platforms, but we're gonna get it done. We're here for you folks. Really quickly, here is my Twitter handle. People have asked about that as well at Aston Cloud. Let's jump in because there's a lot to cover. First off, looking at markets, Bitcoin up one sorry down one point eight percent on the week. Ethereum down one point four percent on the week, but a bright spot. Tezos up 18.8% on the week. This is on the heels of some news that Google will be, I guess Google Cloud, it was specifically, will be staking as a validator on Tezos. They mentioned a couple other chains too, but, but Tezos was noted. And I think a lot of people have concerns about Tezos's viability as a chain. So that was really nice to hear. Boosts the value of the Tezos currency and the value of all the underlying art over there. Jared, we, we didn't talk about this, but uh, what do you think about that news and how it pertains to uh, thinking about investing in Tezos art? I think from an investment perspective, I, I think it's another data point along the way about the, the validation and the potential longevity of it. I think the California DMV is utilizing the blockchain. So, you know, I think that um, for anybody who's skeptical, this is, again, it's not like the definitive moment that's going to you know, cement somebody's belief in, in the chain. But at the same time, I I think it brings a little bit of, it's another, it's another brick in the wall that they're trying to build, in my opinion. And it, it to me, gives me a little bit more conviction that the um, art on the chain will persist. Not that I was doubting it, but, you know, it's, it's another validation point. Absolutely. Perfectly said. Let's look at NFTs. We're over on NFT price floor. We're looking at blue chip NFTs focused on the Ethereum side. 
Last seven days, we had 50 sales of brain loops. We had 26 of Mind the Gap, and we'll get to Squiggles 24. There are 19 of Century Art Blocks curated, rounding out the, the top five here. QQL Mint Pass at 16, Factura by Matthias Isakin at 12. Floor price changes. Century, the art blocks curated. This one comes up a lot. It was up 72%. I don't think this is on the rise. I think you just see a lot of folks kind of uh, trying to get rid of some and listing them for quite low. When that low listed one sells, then you get a jump here. Uh, but centuries are still moving. Geometry, no compute, up 38%. Color study by Jeff Davis, up 29%. This one looked more organic. Saw some sales there. It's now at a 0.4 for floor. Ringers, up 22%. And screens, up 15%. 0.2%. So got some good movement, but nothing crazy here in terms of the sales. Anything notable that you saw, Jared, sell? Yeah, I think the two that were highlights for me was one, there was a flock memories that sold. Um, you know, obviously those are rare and do not come up often, but that was a really cool sale to see come across the feed. And then there was that massive uh, Fidenza sale that was a little suspect, but you know, again, it's driving the volume. I don't know if it's uh, real or somewhat uh, fictitious, but I mean, when it comes to gen art, there's uh, those two big sales. And then, I mean, both uh, Lamond 2D and I bought some memories this week, which I thought were really, really beautiful. So, you know, I think that those are kind of the highlights. It's uh, nothing too crazy, but it's also, it's consistent, which is nice to see. That's right. It's consistent with what's been going on on the gen art market. Uh, here's that Fidenza sale that Jared was referencing. 390 Ether, $600,000. It felt way out of line with what the market thinks that should be worth. So it's it's unclear exactly what's happening there. But overall, good to know. Good takeaway. Let's look at FX Hash. Yeah, FX Hash is similar to last week. It's I, I would say that uh, there's nothing incredibly an outlier but it was cool to see you can see at the top of the charts here with 17.6 thousand uh tezos and volume hollow came in which is really really cool to see there's like a resurgence and i think even when i was looking at it there's like an 8,000 tez sale so you know somebody has conviction and was going all in on it uh and you know honestly there wasn't a lot of big drops outside of erg that just happened uh you know a couple hours ago but overall, it's a, a lot of mix of the same stuff. You got Zankin, you got Cyphered, Ryan Bell, Melissa W. So the standard projects and, you know, it feels like it's kind of leveled out a bit, even though it's leveling out on the bottom. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Likewise, it seems like we're a little bit of an uptick on volume based on what we've seen before. Very slight, not nearly to where we were before, but it's progress. And this uh, transactions by Kim Asendorf, I, I mean... We haven't really talked about this. I should add this to my art to watch list, but these are these are moving. These are beautiful. Nice to see them on the leaderboard. Squiggle update. What's going on in Squiggle Land, Jared? Let's go on Squiggles. Uh, it's somewhat of a down week in the sense that the volume from that was already low last week decreased another eighty four ETH to a total of three hundred and sixty nine uh, ETH volume over seven days. The floor price dropped to 12.9. That's a 1.79 ETH decrease over seven days. And as you indicated, 24 total sales. So it, it's it's felt, um, you know, it, it's weird because honestly, like I've been 
consulted by a few people about buying their first squiggle over the last uh, seven days. So I honestly probably four to five people looking to onboard into the squiggle arena with the dip. So that's very, very um, invigorating to me. And at the same time, um, you know, a couple collectors, I shared one of the wallets with you, uh, is looking to potentially offload some of their squiggle. So I'm in, invigorated that the the dispersion of squiggles is starting to propagate throughout the uh, the collectorship of gen art. And even one of the gentlemen, I assume a gentleman, who contacted me, you know, had a board ape as their profile picture on Twitter. So, you know, it's cool to see more people onboarded into the area or into gen art and specifically with that first gen art piece being a, a squiggle so it i still have the conviction it's still uh i think has the the legs nothing's wavered there just a down week and it could present some really good opportunities i mean and then highlights for the week there's really there's two that i wanted to highlight there's a low color spread slinky that sold it was beautiful in my opinion very seldom do you see these uh low color spread slinkies right there 2183 the shape's a little bit funky. Some of the color got lost, but I mean, it was, it was a sub 10 color spread that got weathed. And then there was a color spread 11 that got weathed for 18.8, I believe. So overall, uh, it's very invigorating. Um, overall, I, I think it's it's healthy and, and you still it's the, still the most liquid um, piece within generative art. Uh, you're seeing it week over week with, you know, consistently hundreds and hundreds of ETH in volume. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a good indicator, right? We look at this as a bellwether. We're seeing that sales are down, but stably down and they're trucking along. And to your point about the board ape holder, squiggles tend to be one of the first, if not the first place that somebody who can go and spend 13, 14, 15 ether want, like that's the place to enter gen art. If you're trying to spend that kind of money because they're relatively low price given the provenance and upside potential i would say or at least the you know it's a blue chip it's one of the cheapest blue chips that seems like it has the highest potential rise in price so this is why we talk about it just reiterating that the other and very i'm sorry go ahead jared can i make one last point i apologize I, I sent this out to some of my potential lps i try to connect with a lot of them but one of the things that i was listening to Ral paul on uh, Real Vision Crypto, and he was talking about uh, basically how art or NFTs in general, but in addition, art NFTs start to potentially have a lot of um, compounding, meaning, and this is why one of the thick conviction pieces I have on the squiggle is we all believe ETH is going up, right? We're not smart enough to tell you exactly when, nor would it be financial advice. We're not advising any of that, but I do believe that squiggles in particular has the opportunity to compound in ETH terms while ETH is going up. So I think that that's why it's a really uh, an intriguing play for me long-term. And again, I think I've mentioned this before, I'll, I'll quote Zeneca as having said this, but it's the the punks of gen art, right? So there's, it just feels like there's there's real opportunity there. And, and I guess I'll I'll hop off my soap, my squiggle love soapbox, but you know, I think people outside of gen art are seeing the the potential asymmetric upside and people within gen art. Yeah, that's right. And I think that like, it's just a nice place to feel like, okay, you want to bet on the gen art market, you you can bet on squiggles or you want to be a part of it. Forget about betting and investing. You want to be a part of the gen art market, gen art movement. Squiggles are a really 
easy place, a simple place to go and put your money. They're expensive, but it's a simple, straightforward way to participate. So I really like that. I know you do as well. And that's just one element to like about Squiggle. So that's why we do it. That's why we love them. And that's why we're going to keep focusing on Squiggles as time goes on. But let's go focus on something a little bit new, friendship bracelets. So this week we had 485 sales in friendship bracelets, which is up a little bit. We had 431 last week. The floor price is down to 0.28. It was at 0.33 last week. And listings are actually up quite a bit. Um, they're up about a thousand. And so in terms of liquidity, which is what I really try to use this as an indicator for, it's telling us something consistent. Same with squiggles. It's relatively low, kind of around the lowest it's been. Uh, but there is still movement, still a good amount of churn there. In terms of the listings, this is something that I find really interesting. So you're not going to see it here on NFT price floor, or and you're not going to see it over here in article, but you have to go to blur. And a lot of people, I believe, are, are trying to sell them on Blur. A lot of uh, loans were taken out against friendship bracelets. So we'll, we'll dive more into loans and all that in another episode in 200 Spaces and whatnot. But what, what you should really take away from this is that they are also telling us these sales and friendship bracelets that liquidity is low. And the other thing I wanted to show you, Jared, really quickly on this, I know we're not on art chart. We are not on art charts yet. But looking at the market cap versus cost basis, it's actually getting close for the friendship bracelets. Now, this is not to scale, of course. It's still a difference of about $4 million, uh, $4.5 million. But it's closer than it's been in a long time for friendship bracelets. So that's something to watch and see if that does reverse. I, it's funny you bring this up because I was, I was looking at this last night. Uh, and at the same time, the floor depth is very thin for a 50% return. I mean, 98 sales, which is pretty historically uh, an easy target for it. So again, not financial advice, but this was definitely one that was top of mind for me when looking at the uh, the charts. Yeah, and, and, and if I try to like extrapolate what's happening on Blur, so this is the real problem, Jared. Like on article, it's only showing you 1,200 listed, but in reality, there's something like 35 or maybe even 3,800 listed. So twice as many are listed on blur. So I think the floor is actually quite a bit thicker than this seems here. But at the same time, a lot of those listed on blur are below water. They were bought for a higher price. So I actually think this market cap versus cost basis is closer than it appears here, but the uh, price distribution is not as attractive. Anyways, that's, that's a whole longer conversation. Let's go on to our, our news. First news story, Jared, you told me about this. I'll tee it up and I'd love to hear your thoughts. But um, Cole0x here points out and links to a document talking about how 3AC's NFT sale list from the joint liquidator came up. Now, really quickly, 3AC was a crypto fund that invested in both tokens and NFTs that has an insane amount of top tier NFTs. So the GenR community has been really kind of like excited for this for, for some time. And, uh, you know, we'll link to this too, but here's the, the Google doc that is talking about the sale. Um, and it says the necessary steps are expected to commence within 20 days of this notice. And in any event after the 23rd of March. So I, I don't know if you know more about when this, uh, Oh, here it is. The date of the liquidation is 27th. Well, no, sorry, this, this isn't quite right. So I don't know when this auction will exactly be. We're trying to figure it out. Um, but you know, we'll link to this. Just just scroll through. There's like 20 Fidenzas on here. There's 
I, I mean, countless ringers, a bunch of archetypes, you name it. Uh, so I'll pause there, Jared. would love to hear your thoughts on this and if there's any uh, any other updates that you have. Yeah, I got duped by that June date also, but it talks about uh, liquidation within 28 days of the notice. I haven't dug into, I was more focused on the uh, the assets that were listed than the, the actual narrative. So I got to dig that in. I think it's a double-edged sword to me, uh, meaning there is a ton of, I mean, the goose ringers in there, right? Like there's a ton of grails and something and pieces that anybody would be, um, yeah, I mean, look at that, three autoglyphs. There, that anybody would be um, just enamored to have in their collection. So I think that it's exciting. And at the same time, um, you know, just having a flood of these pieces into the market um, could really cause a lot of volatility, in my opinion. I got to believe that a lot of people will uh, collect them and, and store them away. Uh, myself and 8NAP will be targeting a few things. So I believe funds are going to be big players in this. But I mean, I had this thought last night, you know, I don't know if you saw the, the Adam Linderman is putting up a lot of his uh, traditional art or physical art pieces for sale in a big auction. And I'm sitting there going like, man, and in, in the article I was reading is it's it's not really about typical timing. Like it's usually traditionally a lot. Later. Like, is he creating liquidity for his own for this? Is, is a portion get siphoned off into it? Like, I just start to, my brain starts to be going of like, man, who's sitting on the sidelines waiting for this moment? Uh, and, and are these going to reside in collections for a long period of time? Or are you going to have people bidding, trying to flip pieces? So I think it's amazing. I think it's great that these pieces are coming back to the, I'm rambling, but I think it's great that everybody who was not around when these were first bought have an opportunity to, to purchase them. And at the same time, there's no denying it. This is just a boatload of pieces coming to the market all at once. So uh, honestly, very torn. I'm part of me is excited to see or and have the opportunity to purchase this. The other part of me is like, oh my God, like what is this going to do to the floor of Fidenzas when there's 30 Fidenzas coming out at one time? I mean, it'll be interesting. Well, it, that's a fair point. And we don't know exactly how it's going to happen. Is this going to be a public auction? Could there be a some suitors who go and buy a bunch at once and therefore we don't get a flood of supply onto the market? And great point about Adam Lindemann. So for folks who don't know, Adam Lindemann started Venus over Manhattan. Chromie squiggles have been displayed there. He's been really active in the generative art community, an early believer, early supporter of Snowfro and art blocks. I actually had the same thought is maybe he's going to come and buy some uh, some stuff. I didn't actually know about the three arrows capital, this liquidation happening, but I thought maybe he's going to come buy some NFTs, obviously some hopium here, but we'll see how this plays out. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to be focused on like a lot of these really high end blue chips, but you might be able to get some deals on things that are a little bit less uh, perhaps uh, blue chip, right? So uh, crypto citizen right here, fantastic community with bright moments, crypto Venetian, like who knows what that sells for? That might be a good target if you've been looking for a crypto citizen, especially crypto Venetian. So we'll we'll find out more as things come up, but this is certainly in interesting for sure. Uh, and hopefully it'll be a net positive for the space. The second news story I wanted to talk about is a release that came out with DECA last week. 
that is called the explore feature. And this is super interesting. This is better done if I just literally show you how this works. So over here, we have Collectors Corners DECA account. This is our first episode we ever did, Jared. Blast of the past, um, anti-cyclone. Now, what this explore feature does that's really cool is you click on a piece, whether it's through a gallery, like I'm showing you here, or elsewhere, and then you can hit explore. And what it does is it then shows you a whole bunch of other pieces that are similar to this piece. Well, what do you mean by similar? As you can see here, there are some anti-cyclones, which is great. But then there are other pieces that seem similar visually. And so they've trained a machine learning algorithm to go through and help you essentially just find different art without necessarily being stuck to the artist or the platform like Artblocks or something else. So uh, how it works is now I just clicked over here. Now I'm exploring this piece. No idea what it is, who it's by, etc. And I can scroll down and see if something else catches my eye. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like this click here. Now we got something else over here catching my eye. And you just kind of continue this way. And it's a new art discovery tool. Now, I haven't used this a crazy amount, but I find it really interesting. And I just, I enjoy that they're doing this and finding a different way to just figure out like what you might like, what style you might like, and have it be a little bit artist agnostic. Yeah, no, I think that this is amazing. It's another example of how DECA is innovating way ahead of the curve and potentially stifling other people from even considering entering because they're they're clearly, you know, multiple steps ahead of uh, everybody else who's even considering doing this. 100%. And last thing I'll show on this is after you've clicked through a bunch, you can click on this little timestamp here that records everything that you've looked at. So if you decide you want to go back and collect it or whatever, you can check it out there. All right, great art at great prices. The first one I wanted to highlight is Forecast by Amy Goodchild. This is just really beautiful art, 35 Tezos floor. Amy Goodchild was noted in our Twitter, uh, sorry, our 2023 generative art Twitter spaces, the prediction show, as uh, an up and coming artist. And I, I just really like these. I probably put this in the newsletter last week, but I love these. And I think for 35 Tez, it's, it's hard to go wrong there. The next one I wanted to highlight was actually in the top 10 for the week. It was actually even in the top five for the week, but this is called Seekers by Ecker underscore zero underscore. And Jared, I'm not sure if you've seen this collection, but 111 Tezos floor, it minted out in the past week, which is part of why it has so much volume, minted out February the 15th. But these all have, like, they're, they're quite varied for a collection of 300 pieces. There's a great variety. And they have really cool animations here that I think folks, you know, it's worth just taking a look at. And because of that, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I'm a big fan of art with animation and perpetual motion. But this is one that seemed to have, seems to have resonated with collectors and is, is doing quite well. So check it out. Still relatively affordable. 111 Tezos floor. That's one I wanted to highlight. Yeah, though on ETH, one that released this week is A Tender Counting by Lisa Orth. Uh, this has uh, 184 pieces. It's at a 0.15 ETH floor. I just think it has really cool vibes. Uh, when you click into the pieces, it's got really, uh, really cool texture. There's a, enough variability throughout the pieces that it's in, intriguing enough. You know, I 
full disclosure, own some of these. Um, and at the same time, uh, really, really enjoy them. So uh, I, I like them. I think there's enough variation in there. And I mean, even you see on screen, there's a rare yellow palette sitting really short off the floor. So there's four colors. If you want to collect them, it doesn't put you out a lot. Um, just kind of something that came up. And I'm a huge fan of uh, Matt Delorier's folio. And it kind of gave me folio vibes with the, uh, the, the, the textile type of approach to generative art. And for a 0.15 ETH entry point, kind of a fun, fun project to track. Yeah, absolutely. And this one might be a little bit under the radar because it was launched by Vertical Crypto Art, which is a, a relatively new exhibition launch company. Not quite sure how to call the categorization, but they're great. They've had some great work. Lisa doesn't have a ton yet on the Ethereum blockchain. So I think these are a little bit under the radar. 0.15, I agree. I mean, that's that's a great price for some beautiful art here. Let's go to some upcoming releases. Jared, you, you put this one on the list. I'm glad you did. You want to talk through it? Yeah. Yiwen Lin is a artist that I've been tracking a lot on uh, FX Hash. I forget the exact group he's part of, but like an OG gen art uh, artist, um, really, really some great work overall. But I was when I was scrolling through the the art blocks, I was glad to see that this got announced. But the rippling is the the title of the project, um, and it looks like it's not going to come out for quite some time. But the reality is, is an amazing artist. I actually went through and explored the algorithm already uh, in that explore possibilities. And I know this is this is a project after your heart. It's it's got a really cool motion to it. If for those looking on screen, but you know, it's a relatively small project. Um, and I think that it could do really well. I mean, the artist is uh, proven, you know, has a, a history of performance. And, you know, some of the the palettes that were shown up in the Explorer uh, it, were actually reminiscent of the fire within. And it just, it seemed to have really cool um, combination of like movements that uh, I've seen in previous art and the palette. So, I'm super excited about this. Don't know where it goes. Don't know what it mints out at, but something I will be tracking uh, because it's a very, very established artist. Yeah, absolutely. And the fire within did very, very well on the FX hash side, which is why I wanted to show that it was probably their, um, dare I say, breakout collection over there. Speaking of FX hash, we've got one coming up here. A little bit of a flyer. This one just caught my eye because it was beautiful. And I went through uh, a number of the different outputs also. But you can see this is a 200-piece collection, Dutch auction, starting at 80 Tez and goes down to a resting place of 10 Tez. Uh, the artist I'm not necessarily super familiar with, but went through a lot of their, their history. And 10 seems kind of like fair for like where the floor is at. But overall, I thought it was just a really beautiful project. It will release this coming Sunday, February 26th. And again, um, something you may like, I don't know from a financial perspective what amount of upside there is, but just overall, I found this to be very captivating from an aesthetic and an eye appeal perspective. Yeah, these are quite beautiful. This is a great find. The last upcoming drop that I wanted to bring up, and oh, my, uh, my Firefox is not happy because of uh, all the rendering, is that Chaos Comes with the Summer Haze. We actually just released our episode highlighting Cole as an artist this week earlier. So go ahead and check that out. 
um, Cole is a really interesting background, but this, you know, focusing on this drop where I'm really, really looking forward to this one. Um, can't really see it render here, but they look beautiful. Check it out. You can also go to Sansa.xyz and go to drops and you can also render uh, different collections that are going to be releasing over here, the explore algorithm. So I would suggest checking it out. I'm not going to do it because my computer is not happy, uh, but uh, check that out. I think that it's beautiful art. Cole's really been building on it and it actually is a series that links to his first art blocks release, which was spring comes uh, with the first rainfall. So really cool story, really great art. I think we're taking a look. Let's, let's chat about some artists to highlight. You want to talk Balzarino? Yeah, uh, fellow Grailer, amazing art. I think it's in that uh, minimalist style that has been popularized by Grant Yoon. Full disclosure, I own some of these pieces personally, but on the heels of you know hours ago having what I felt is a very successful release with Rich Poole on the ERG project that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I've just really, really enjoyed uh, a lot of the outputs that I own some of these editions as um as indicated but at the same time i just think that they're very beautiful like the they're very simple but the angularity the geometry the just the palettes and the the simplicity in in the color is super super cool to me so and again you're looking at very very uh, affordable entry points you know anywhere i'm looking on screen from you know 42 tes to a couple hundred tes so it is a tezos paced uh, artwork, but at the same time, Balzarino's, I think, doing some really good stuff that's flying under the radar for the time being. That's right. And I just wanted to highlight that Balzarino also has some great, super rare artwork uh, that has continued to do well. So it's not, uh, he is not only a Tezos based artist, but really cool stuff. Check it, check them out, give them a follow, see if you like the vibe. The second artist I wanted to highlight is Rup Ranisto, and I hope I'm pronouncing Rup's name properly. We are actually doing a Twitter Spaces with Rup on his AI post photography processing project called Life in West America. Up here in his banner is an example of one of these. And, uh, you know, we talked about this briefly a couple of weeks ago. This collection has really captivated people. I wrote a tweet thread about this, comparing it to autoglyphs and Fidenzas. People weren't happy about that. Uh, it turns out people don't like those com comparisons. Actually, sorry, I compared it to to squiggles. Uh, but you know, we we can we can talk about that another time. Point is, this collection has really touched a nerve with people, and there's it, it feels like Roop is a rising star on the AI side. So definitely somebody that you should uh, keep a lookout for. And you know, tune in for that Twitter spaces. We'll release it on the podcast as well. And on YouTube, it will be audio only, but we'll release it. So you can hear some of my thoughts as to why that collection might be different without comparisons to, uh, <laughs> to collections that I guess people feel are, are too godlike to compare to. Let's go to some art to watch. And Jared, I actually teed myself up for this, but why don't why don't you talk about it? Uh, I really love this collection too. This is the Erg by Rich Poole and Balzarino. What yeah, are your Erg thoughts on this? It's an amazing uh, collection and output, in my opinion. It dropped literally hours ago. There's 50 pieces in it. It was a 75 Tez Dutch auction that, unless you boosted the gas, you had no shot, which includes me to get a piece uh, at 75 Tez. Uh, super well collected, it looks like already. It's already cracked into the top 
10 for the 24 hour volume. Uh, and I think that to me, again, full disclosure, I own some, you can see a couple eight naps popping up across there, but you know, I I'm really excited about this one. I, I think it, it gives me, you know, we talked off camera, some of the, the, um, I always mispronounce it. Asik, I know I, I, I'm just, I sit, I literally have to just sit in front of the mirror and pronounce it 50 to hundred times. But it gives me some Asakia vibes uh, as far as like paletting and and just the brilliant side, but with a twist of the Balzarino uh, color palettes and simplicity. So I think it's beautiful. You know, it's uh, I'm sure the thing that's a little bit concerning is last time I checked, there's 25 listed. So clearly you got a couple people coming in, a couple, you got half the people coming in and looking to turn a profit. Uh, I personally have collected two of them, a little diptych that I, I love that goes together. And there's a couple close to the floor I might uh buy again but for 250 tes you know you're looking at like three a little over 300 dollars for an entry point you know, 50 piece collection feels like a a really cool thing i don't i don't know if it uh the, the problem with like 50 piece collections is liquidity like there's a couple like constellations by yazid that just you know the sales are so sparse but at the same time um i'm digging it if you can't tell by my rambling um, I really, really, really like the the outputs and the palettes. Yeah, how's this one so good? I can't believe this person's selling it. Last thing I'll say on this is that uh, all of the proceeds, primary and secondary, are going to the uh, Turkey earthquake aid. So also has a great uh, purpose behind it. So fantastic art. Check it out. Keep an eye on it. I also am getting Asakia vibes. I don't know if this goes crazy the way Asakia does, but... I think it's it has some potential. It has that same feel to me. So so see where it goes. And please don't buy this hoping that it goes to a 2000 Tezos floor. I have zero idea if that will happen. But at current prices, I think a lot of people can buy it and be okay with not getting a return on it because they're beautiful. Yeah, I, I bought it for a longer term hold. Unless you got it at 75 Tez off the mint, I don't think there's going to be a ton of like upside immediate there. opportunity for upside. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, last art to watch before we get into charts is landscape with carbon capture by Zancan. I bring this up largely because it's a really cool entry point to Zancan. And for those who are astute enough to flip through the collection, there's a lot of unintended or, you know, unhighlighted traits. I mean, whether it's all the way down to the number of carbon spots on there. So you get these super clean and all the way down to uh, the different paper types, right? I think there's three paper types. The most prevalent by far with 10,596 is the green. So it's really intriguing to me as a play is that there's the black paper at 467. So very, very limited. And then even a little bit more limited is the pink paper at 338. So the black paper, I think you had it up on screen is roughly at a 0.275 Tez floor right now. ETH. Full disclosure. I own some of the ETH. Jesus. Look at that. Flipping between my currencies. Thank you. And then the the pink is close to half an ETH floor. So I think that there's, uh, you know, especially if you want a limited Zancan piece, um, there's a really good opportunity, in my opinion, to, to jump in. And I, you know, he did some one-of-ones for an uh, exhibition in New York that have very similar vibes. So if you want to get, uh, you know, exposure without all of the, the pricing, um, you know, there's a really cool and there's some of them that are really clean seen a lot of weath offers going on these so yeah totally and people are looking for liquidity right now 
I think people have forgotten about these a little bit. The blacks and the pinks are are very rare. I mean, you know, garden monolith, not that this is a, a great comparison, but is a much, much higher floor than 0.275 ETH with a uh, slightly higher um, supply there. So, I, I mean, it's not a great comparison, but the point is these are very limited and those kind of more rare ones probably should be cheaper than they are. Last thing, some charts. Charts. Let's do it. Uh, full disclosure, I bought an anti-cyclone over the weekend. So, um, but this was kind of what I was looking at and just to give it some, some, uh, some additional insight as to where it's going. I'm really intrigued by this because it had some, the, the anti-cyclones is by William upon. It had a really strong bounce uh, from a daily listing price off of the five ETH territory. And that five ETH was really critical in my opinion too, because we, we talk about it a lot that goes you can see what's on screen, the market cap versus cost basis. It brought it down right to that area and there's a good balance. Now, is it going to continue that? I don't know. But I think that, you know, even Lamont 2D just bought a beautiful, beautiful piece uh, at 8 ETH. That's the, the balance that you see. And I think you're starting to see really, really good opportunity there to, to enter into the space if you're looking to enter into anti-cyclones. And the other part of it is the floor's thinning out, right? Like you got six sales until a 10 ETH floor. And that's something that I, you know, gave me conviction. I, I bought the night and, uh, you know, the 15 ETH floor was, which is what oh, I paid. Seemed so to have good. like, I know I love this one. Uh, it, the 15 ETH floor on the night seemed to have like a really good support level. So you're seeing it kind of across the collection where anti-cyclones are, are finding that support. I also think with the tonic drop, coming up from a pond there could be some additional eyes here but i i you know this was our 20 almost unanimously a 2022 prod art blocks project of the year in our uh awards spaces that that occurred and rightfully so it just seems to be doing really well i'm excited for what could be coming 100 percent, i couldn't agree with you more love this collection i'm also a holder been vocal about that for a long time but this this is considered a grail collection and it, it is quite cheap and you know, we really don't think this will last for too long i've been saying this for a few months but at some point these will start going up in price so if you're thinking about one this is not a horrible time but again not financial advice take a long-term view on it if you buy anything like this these are illiquid that's our show folks thanks for tuning in we really appreciate you we're at collectors underscore xyz and we will see you next week Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.